Well, amen. Well, I would hope that you would take your cell phone right now and do a couple of things with it. Let's use it for God. And one of the ways that you can do that is that there's a link to our message this morning, and you can send it out to all your friends on Facebook. Or you can build your own list with a text and send it out. I've, I've already sent it out to all of my family this morning that I can think of, the link, as well as uh, a number of different small groups that I connect with. And so I want to encourage you to do that. Uh, send out that link, if you would. And uh, it should be on our church life, it is. Isn't that incredible? And uh, one of the reasons why I want you to do that with this message is that this particular message, I really believe, is, is one of the legacy messages that I will leave with this church when I'm finally finished uh, with uh, my preaching ministry here. I believe that this particular message will be one of those legacy messages that I've preached many times here. And, uh, but I think this one is so important. If you know someone that struggles with any form of addiction, they need to hear this message. If you know someone that is habitually defeated by the same sin over and over and over and over again, uh, they need to hear this message. If you know someone that uh, really, really wants to change their life and be more like Christ, but they're really not just clued in to how to really get that done and see that growth in their life, they need to hear this particular message. Our text this morning was our, is our text from last week. It's Colossians chapter 3 and verses 1 through 4. And I'm going to read this text to you again. If you want to follow along with me, it should be over here. It is. There you go. It says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. And set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him. Last Sunday, Pastor Brandon began a new series in our church. We're calling this new series Forever. And what he did last Sunday was such an important message for us to build on. He helped us understand what it means to set our mind on things above. And what we came to understand last week is that things above, setting your mind on things above means setting your mind upon eternal realities. He also helped us understand why setting our mind on these eternal realities is so important to our behavior or our conduct in this world. He told us uh, what would happen if we did set our mind upon these eternal spiritual realities, and he told us what would happen if we didn't. He talked to us about our minds and how whatever we entertain with our minds precedes our behavior. And he talked about how Satan hijacks our life by getting us to entertain things in our mind that are not these eternal spiritual realities that are found in the Word of God. 
He also helped us understand what we needed to do to begin to set our mind on these eternal spiritual realities. And he gave us a number of just practical things that each one of us needs to do in order to accomplish this. I told him one of the things that I was instructed to do at the very beginning of my Christian walk that helped me set my mind on eternal realities is that I was given at 17 years old a scripture memory packet. Now, how many of you have ever had a scripture memory packet? Raise your hand if you've ever had one of those. Uh, they've sort of gone out of existence now. Uh, they were a thing that was uh, used uh, back in that day. And I was given one of those scripture memory packets, and I was told that I needed to memorize certain scriptures in order to set my mind upon spiritual realities that are eternal. And I want you to know I took that very seriously. And I began to put scriptures in that packet that I wanted to memorize, and I began to memorize them one after another. And I can't tell you how valuable that particular discipline was to my spiritual walk with God. Those verses that I memorized way back then are still in my mind to this day. With a little review, I could quote them to you. And they still help me day by day in my spiritual walk with God. And so Brandon helped us understand some very practical things that we needed to do in order to set our minds upon these eternal spiritual realities. Now, as we consider setting our mind on these eternal spiritual realities, what do you think should be at the top of the list? In other words, what eternal spiritual reality would be most important for us to keep in the forefront of our minds as followers of Christ, as disciples of Jesus. If you were going to begin to memorize Scripture for the first time, what do you think would be the most important passage of Scripture for you to memorize if you're already a Christian? What would it be? Well, I believe that the Apostle Paul would say this in answer to that question. I believe the Apostle Paul would say what you need to put at the forefront of your mind that's more important than anything else in your walk with God as a Christian is this particular eternal spiritual reality. Are you ready for it? Here it is. We were raised with Christ. We were raised with Christ. I believe that's what the Apostle Paul would say because... When he gave this admonition in Colossians chapter 3 to set our minds on things above and not on things of the earth, he began with this in Colossians chapter 3, 1. He said, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Now, as we look through the letters of the Apostle Paul to the other churches besides the church at Colossae, we find this theme that we were raised with Christ is at the center of his instruction and his teaching to the church. For example, he wrote a letter to the church at Rome, and it was one of the most 
prominent churches during that time period. And in that letter, he said this in Romans chapter 6. After he'd given an incredible discourse on the subject of justification by faith in Jesus, in Romans 1 through 5, in Romans chapter 6, he says this. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. But that was not the end of us. That, that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. He could have said <laughs> that we were raised with Christ. In Ephesians, in chapter 2, Paul wrote a letter to the church at Ephesus, the city of Ephesus. And in verses 4 through 6, listen to what Paul said to the church at Ephesus. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And he raised us, past tense. He raised us, past tense. We were raised with Christ. He raised us up together, and he made us sit together. He made us right now sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Earlier in his letter to the church at Colossae, before he spoke to them in, in Colossians 3, 1 through 4, he said this in Colossians chapter 2, verses 11 through 13. In him, in the him is Jesus. You were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. By putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Buried with him in baptism. In which you also were, past tense, raised with him. Through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead, and you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made you alive together with him. You were raised with him. Now this raises the question, why is this eternal spiritual reality that we were raised with Christ so important to Paul that he would make it such a predominant theme in all of these letters. And we could look at many other references to the same theme. Well, here's the reason why Paul made this particular theme such a predominant theme. Being raised with Jesus is the key to triumphant living. One more time, being raised with Jesus is the key to triumphant living. When Paul wrote a letter to the church at Corinth, he confronted those who were saying that there is no resurrection of the dead. 
I mean, it's hard to believe that there were members of the church who were saying that there wasn't a resurrection of the dead, but that's exactly what happened. I'm not surprised by anything that church members believe. <laughs> if you can be in the church and not believe that there's not a resurrection of the dead. But there were those who were in the church who were teaching that, that there's not going to be a resurrection of the dead. And so in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul wrote a discourse about the resurrection of the dead. And here is his summary. Paul said, if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. He went on to say, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile or in vain, and you're still in your sins. This means, Paul said, that all of those who've already died, who died in Christ, are just lost. In other words, they're just gone forever if there's no resurrection of the dead. And he concluded his discourse by saying, if only for this life that we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. So all of the apostles, beginning with Paul, taught that the resurrection of Jesus was their grounds for believing that Jesus is the Son of God who died for the sins of the world and that one day he will return and judge the world. In other words, if the resurrection of Jesus did not happen, the apostles would not be declaring the gospel of Jesus Christ. They would have not gone out to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ because there wouldn't have been a gospel. Gospel means good news. I mean, what is the gospel of Jesus Christ without the resurrection of Jesus and our future resurrection? It is a foundational truth to our faith. Timothy Keller, in his book, The Reason for God, Belief in an Age of Skepticism, he said, if Jesus rose from the dead, then you have to accept all that he said. But if he didn't rise from the dead, then why worry about anything that he said? The issue on which everything hangs is not whether or not you like the teaching of Jesus, but whether or not he rose from the dead. In fact, what we find in the early church, it was their faith in the resurrection of Jesus. It caused the early church to start gathering for church services on Sunday. For the church, the early church, Sunday is a weekly memorial to the resurrection of Jesus. And it should be for us as well. But as we have seen, there is this other predominant theme in the letters of Paul. Not only is it important for us to believe that Jesus rose from the dead, this other predominant theme is that all Christians were, past tense, raised with him. So why is this eternal reality that we were raised with Christ so important to Paul? And to the church. Well, I told you, it is the key to triumphant living. Being raised with Jesus is like the combination that opens to safe where all of the treasures of our inheritance in Christ are found. And if you don't believe that you were raised with Christ, you're not unlocking the safe, you're walking in your own strength. You're walking in your own power. You're trying to produce the character of Jesus in your own strength and power. If you do not believe that you, you as a Christian, were raised with 
Christ. Once again in Romans 6, 1 through 4, let's read it one more time. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? If you consider the doctrine of justification by faith, that we're totally justified before God and forgiven of our sins because of the work that Christ has already accomplished for us, it could lead to the conclusion that, well, hey, then we can just go out and use grace as a license to do whatever we want. Because our sins are forgiven, we don't have to work for forgiveness. Christ has done all the work that's necessary for us to be forgiven. And so Paul knew that you could reach that conclusion. And so after he did this wonderful discourse on justification by faith and faith alone, he immediately turns to sanctification in Romans chapter 6. And he says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. Absolutely not, is what he's saying. And then he goes on and he asks a rhetorical question. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? And then he says, or do you not know? Church, do you not know that as many of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus, we were baptized into his death, therefore... We were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. We were raised with him. Now, I came to believe this truth very early in my Christian walk, fortunately. It doesn't happen that way for many Christians, and I hold the church of Jesus accountable for that in many ways because I don't believe that this eternal reality is taught like it should be taught in the body of Christ today. I believe there's a lot of false teaching that's being taught in the body of Christ that does not lift up this glorious truth that we were raised with Christ but I came to this understanding very quickly after I was converted as age 17. I had a wonderful pastor and preacher, and he taught me the truth, and I believe what he said from the Word of God. And since that time, I have helped many people believe that they were raised with Christ who did not understand that truth, even though they had passed through the baptismal waters, professing faith in Christ, knew their sins were forgiven, but they were powerless in their life to defeat the devil, to defeat sin, to overcome addiction or whatever that they were dealing with in their life. They did not understand this one truth that they were raised with Christ. I've told you the story before of my late wife, Debbie, was in the last days of her life. And it was one of the greatest examples of faith I've ever witnessed in my whole life. I mean, her faith was a challenge to me in my faith. In fact, she had much greater faith than what I had. I was looking at the future without her, and I want you to know that I didn't see a bright future in front of me. She was looking at her future, and she was excited about what she was going to experience. And not only that, she had absolute confidence in God that he was going to take care of us. And as she was laying there in the last days of her life in the hospital bed, and she wasn't able to rise at all, 
and she needed constant care. There was one particular day where she was laying there in that bed and I was laying down on the floor in the fetal position by her bed. And I was grieving, grieving her loss for me, for my family. And I looked up at her and she was smiling at me. And I said, I don't know how you do this. How are you doing this? And she said to me, well, I'm just doing what you taught me to do. There was a time in her life, in the early years of our marriage, where she did not understand that she was raised with Christ. But through a series of circumstances that were incredible circumstances in our lives, God used me to help her understand this truth that she was raised with Christ. And it changed everything for her. It changed everything for her. When Dennis Jernigan came to our church, he already understood this truth to some measure. But to this day, I believe that one of the reasons that God brought him here was for me to help him understand this truth even more, that he was raised with Christ. Because when he came to this church, he held a dark secret in his heart. The dark secret was is that he had lived his previous life as a practicing homosexual, and no one else knew except one other person. One other friend is what he told me at that time. And he came to my office one day when he was a member of our team and our staff, and he said to me, you know, I've got this secret that I've been carrying, and it haunts me. He said, my wife doesn't know about it. My parents don't know about it. My siblings don't know about it. And I'm afraid, I'm living in fear, that one day they're going to discover this about my past. And it's going to really, really be hurtful and painful. He said, what do I need to do? And I said to him, well, Dennis, you know the truth. The truth is, you were raised with Jesus. Who you were is dead with Christ. You were raised with Jesus. And you are not who you once were. What I think you need to do is tell the world. Another fellow came up to him not long after that and said to him, as he was still pondering what to do, well, the psalm says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And so he did. And he's still doing it to this day. But it was all based upon this one truth that he understood. He would have never done that. He would have never taken that risk. He would have never taken that chance. He would have continued to live in fear unless he believed the truth that he was raised with Christ. A number of years ago, Brandon and Rachel came to me and Brandon confessed to me a habitual sin that he'd been struggling with for many years in his life. And he had tried various things to try to get rid of that, but it continued to be a problem for him. Well, in the days and weeks and years that followed, 
I began to share with him something that he'd heard many times from this pulpit, but he had never applied it to himself for some reason. And that truth was is that he was raised with Christ. And that besetting sin that he was dealing with did not represent who he was. Now it represents who he used to be. But that person was dead in Christ. And he is raised with Christ. Well, it wasn't instantaneous faith in Brandon. We had hours and hours of discussion about this truth, which I cannot afford to have with you this morning. I've got 20 minutes to go. But he would tell you, and he has told you, that it was his belief in that one eternal reality and setting his mind upon that one spiritual reality that Brandon Werner was raised with Christ that set him free from that addiction in his life. Last night at 8 o'clock or so, I got a phone call from Bob Casto, convicted pedophile, been in prison since 2003. After Bob confessed to me and then to the authorities that he was a pedophile, there was about a 10-minute, a 10-minute, 10-month, I'm sorry, window of time in which he was allowed to maintain his freedom. He had to leave his family, but he maintained his freedom, and he continued to come to church here, and I started meeting with him every week. And do you know what I taught Bob Casto? Confessed pedophile? I taught Bob Casto that he was raised with Christ. I taught Bob Casto that he was not a pedophile in the eyes of God. I taught Bob Casto that he was the righteousness of God in Christ because he was raised with Christ. And so for all of these years, I talked to him on a regular basis to encourage him in his faith. And do you know what he's doing? Whatever prison he's been in, he's been in, what, three of them, four of them now? He started out in McAllister and then to Cushing and they went to the Sayre Prison and now he's down here in Joseph Hart. He's a preacher. He's a missionary. And what does he go and tell people? He tells them how to be saved. And then when they get saved, he teaches them that they were raised with Christ because it is the key to triumphant living. Now, I want to help you with whatever you're struggling with. I want to help you believe this truth. And it must be difficult to believe. It must be more difficult to believe for many than the resurrection of Christ itself. To actually believe that you, when you received Jesus, were raised with him. It must be a very difficult truth to believe. But it's right there, isn't it? I mean, I cannot deny it. I've experienced it. I've led others to experience the benefits of it. I've seen addictions just drop away from people immediately when they believe this one truth, that they were raised with Christ. So I want to try to help you this morning with the few minutes that we have left to believe this truth. Oh, I've prayed, God help me do this. It's a lot easier meeting with someone in my office on a regular basis, one-to-one, and answering their questions. You know, you know what the questions are caused by doubt, and that's okay. And so they want to come, and they'll bring me a verse of Scripture and say, what about this verse of Scripture? And I'll say, well, you're looking at it all wrong. You're interpreting it incorrectly. 
you're interpreting it based upon some false teaching that you've heard from some other preacher who doesn't know what he's doing. Here's what this says right here. This is what this means. Then we open our Bibles and we resolve that doubt. And then there's another one. And we resolve that doubt using the Word of God. I don't have time to do that this morning. I would love to do it for each one of you and lead you into the freedom that's yours in Christ. But here's what I'm going to do to help you. I want you to picture, picture yourself right now. There's a therapeutic practice that I believe is a part of setting our minds on things above. We're talking about in, invisible spiritual realities that we cannot see. But we're supposed to see them. You've got to see it. You've got to see it. I want you to picture yourself in the tomb with Jesus after he died. Picture yourself in that tomb with Jesus after he died. And not only are you in that tomb with Jesus, but you're lying there dead with him. You're dead with Jesus in that tomb. Picture yourself. You're lying there dead with him. And just like he died as a condemned sinner, you're lying there dead with him as a condemned sinner. And you're dead. You're dead in your transgressions and sins with Christ. And when Christ was on the cross, he became forsaken of God for you and I. And so there you are, lying there, dead with him, forsaken by God. Dead to God. Can you see it? You're in that tomb with him. You're wrapped in the same grave clothes of sin and death that he's wrapped in. You're bound by those grave clothes, just like he was bound. Can you see it? You're there with him. Dead with him. What you need to know is, this is who you were in this world before you believed in Jesus. You were dead in that tomb. Dead to God. Then you believed upon Jesus to save you. December 31st. 1971 for me you believed upon jesus to save you you believe jesus died for your sins you believe that through his death your sins were forgiven once and for all that you were justified before god you were declared by god to be the very righteousness of god in christ jesus that everything that christ accomplished was imputed to your account and for your benefit you believed it and then when you believed it here's what happened What happened to Jesus in that tomb happened to you. What happened to Jesus in that tomb? By the power of God, just as Christ Jesus was raised from the dead, you were raised with him. Suddenly, suddenly you're alive to God. You were dead, now you're alive to God. And you have a new life, a new life in Christ. Just like when Jesus left that tomb, He had a new life in front of him. You have a new life in Christ. So what do you do? Well, you strip away the grave clothes of sin and death, and you get up. You see, you're not the same person as you were when you were dead. Instead of the grave clothes of sin and death, you're clothed by God in the very righteousness of Christ. The laws of God are now written on your heart and not just in a book. 
And you have a new spirit within you. And you have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. And suddenly it's your nature to love God and to serve God. You are alive to God. You were raised with Christ. Death can no longer hold you. You leave the tomb of your past life and you begin to walk in newness of life. There's only one last transformation that you're lacking. What is it? Well, you haven't received your new body yet. You haven't received that promise yet. You got to still live in the same flesh, even though you're not the same person. Even though you were raised with Christ, you're still living in the same flesh. You still have an appetite for the things of this world because you still live in the same flesh. And because you still live in the same body and the same flesh, Paul says in Romans chapter 7, you're still tempted by the law of sin that's in the members of your flesh. But that's not who you are. Your flesh is not who you are. It's temporary. Your flesh is not eternal. It's temporary. But you defeat those temptations by faith that you're raised with Christ. The temptation is still there. But when you're tempted, your first thought, I'm raised with Christ. That's your first thought when the temptations come. When the temptations come because you were raised with Christ, your first thought is, that's not what I want. That's my flesh. That's the law of sin that's in my flesh. So you go out by faith, and what do you do? You put to death the deeds of the flesh because you walk in the Spirit that you were raised with Christ. Walking in the Spirit is not some kind of mystical thing that you do. It's not some kind of mystical thing that happens to you. It's already happened to you. Walking in the Spirit is believing the truth that you were raised with Christ. If you believe that truth, you will walk in the Spirit. If you don't believe that truth, you will walk in the flesh. You can't defeat the flesh in your own power. You can only defeat the flesh by the power of Christ in you, and it's activated. It's activated by faith that you were raised with Him. Now, I'm not telling you something that comes from my authority, am I? I read the passages of Scripture to you. I'm not the one saying you were raised with Christ. God is saying it through his word. It's up to you to believe that it's true. Will you believe it? Knowing you are raised with Christ is your way of escape. I mean, Paul said there's a way of escape from every temptation. What is it? Well, I tell you what it is. I'm raised with Christ. That's my way of escape. I run to him. And I declare the truth that he has declared. That I died with Christ and I'm raised with Christ. You say, it can't be that simple. Oh, it is, church. It is that simple. We have made it too complicated. I mean, you got thousands of self-help books trying to help people overcome things. Hey, just believe you were raised with Christ and you will overcome. 
Jesus' gospel is for the least and the lowest. It's not for the highest educated person to figure out. It's for the least and the lowest. Even a small child can understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you can understand it too. Then you have to believe it. Because you're raised with Christ, you no longer find your identity in the things of this world. You don't need anyone to tell you how important you are or what a fine person you are because you were raised with Christ. How about that one? That's freedom now, if you don't recognize it. You don't need to accomplish anything to prove your worth because you were raised with Christ. You do not need to bow down to anyone to get them to love you because you were raised with Christ. What freedom is this in Christ? There's nothing anyone can do to you or say to you that can make you any more or less valuable because you were raised with Christ. You live each day of your life for his glory because he is responsible for this incredible person that you are because you were raised with Christ. Nothing that you've done to make you an incredible person. It's everything about what he did and your resurrection with him. You discipline your body to do those things that align with who you are. You don't discipline your body because there's these things you don't want to do. <laughs> and you've got to discipline your body to do those things you don't want to do. That's heretical, by the way. It's a great heresy in the church. No, you discipline your body to do those things that align with who you are. You're raised with Christ. If you're raised with Christ, how should you discipline yourself? How would you discipline yourself? No one has to remind me that I should read the Bible because I'm raised with Christ. No one has to remind me that I should go pray because I'm raised with Christ. No one has to remind me that I need to attend church or give or serve or witness. No one. Why? If I believe I'm raised with Christ, that's what I do. Right? Those disciplines are just a part of who I am. And all I am is aligning myself with the truth that you are raised in him. Here's another great benefit of this one. And some of you really need to get this for this reason. Those others are important, but listen to this. You do not view your brothers and sisters in Christ as sinners who are inferior to you. Now, I may have more Bible knowledge than you do because I've spent my life studying the Bible. That may be true. But if you believe you were raised with Christ and you believe that your brothers and sisters were raised with Christ, you don't see them as sinners who are inferior to you. Think about that. Wow, that would change the church of Jesus, wouldn't it? If we didn't sit around looking at someone else and think they were inferior to us as people. They're sinners inferior to us. Look at how she's dressed. Can't believe she dresses like that. Goodness gracious. Come on. You're raised with Christ. She's raised with Christ. There may be some things that that person needs to learn, but I'm not superior to that person because of the way they dress. Or look at those tattoos. What are they thinking? What are they thinking? Now, there may be some wisdom in getting a tattoo. There may be some wisdom in not getting one. But I want you to know this. I don't look at people with tattoos and think, well, they're inferior. 
They're inferior sinners. No. If they're raised with Christ, that's the way I see them. And that's the way that you should see them. You don't view people in the church as inferior to you or superior to you. You view them all as incredible people like you were raised with Christ. You just hope that one day they'll realize they were raised with Christ. Because then they'll start acting like it. You view them with the same wonder as you view yourself. You do not hold any of their past sins against them. You love them with the same love that you love yourself. This is all because you were raised with Christ and you see them as being raised with Christ. That's who you see people. That's the way it is. Man, that's... Do you understand how life-changing that is? When you start seeing brothers and sisters in Christ as being raised with Christ, you no longer recognize any man or woman according to the flesh. Oh, didn't Paul say that? But what do you recognize them? According to the Spirit, that they're raised with Christ. And you see them all that way. Wow. Wow. Because you were raised with Christ, sin has no more dominion over you, Romans 6. Your flesh and the law of sin has no more dominion over you, Romans 8. Death has no more dominion over you, Romans 6, 9, 1 Corinthians 6, 14. Satan has no more dominion over you, Ephesians 1. The law has no more dominion over you, Romans 7, 4. The law has no more dominion over you. You don't need the law to have dominion over you because you were raised with Christ the law of God's written in your heart the world has no more dominion over you doesn't mean that the world can't hurt you but they have no more dominion over you they can't tell you who you are who you're not because you were raised with Christ your past has no more dominion over you because you were raised with Christ believing you were raised with Christ is the key to everything else that's why we have to start there with setting our minds on things above and some of you need to start today. I've been preaching this to you all of these years. And you're still walking in unbelief. Why? Why won't you receive the truth that you were raised with Christ? Well, let today be the day. I plead with you one more time. Let today be the day. What do you need to do to make this eternal reality a reality in your Christian life? Well, you've got to believe you were raised with Christ. You know, there's natural laws that you do not have to believe to experience their benefit. Do you understand that? You can deny the reality of the law of gravity, but you still experience the benefits of that law. And aren't you glad that you do? Even if you don't believe in the law of gravity. I can't imagine anybody not believing it, but some people don't believe it. Right? With regard to eternal spiritual realities in God's Word, the benefits you experience in your sorrow are always limited to your faith in those truths. God blesses faith. And you've got to have faith. Hebrews 11 6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please God, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Your experience with the eternal God will always be in proportion to your faith in his word. Always. And if you don't believe this, you're not going to experience the benefits of it. I'm not saying you're not a Christian. I'm just saying you're not living victoriously in your life, and there's a reason for it. And the reason is of your, you, you don't believe you were raised with him. You're still defining yourself the wrong way. If you believe you were raised with Christ, you will not have any problem fixing your mind on things above as we go through this series where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. 
If you believe you're raised with Christ, you're like an astronomer that is compelled by the affections of their mind to set their gaze upon the stars. You don't have to tell them to do that if they're an astronomer, right? That's the affection of their mind. You'll be like a mountain climber that's compelled by the affection of their mind to set their gaze on the highest mountain peaks. You'll be like a botanist that's compelled by the affections of your mind to set their gaze upon vegetation. Having faith that you were raised with Christ changes your perception of who you are. Your perception of who you are determines the affections of your mind. You must believe that you were raised with Christ to experience the life of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. So how do you need to respond to this message? And I apologize, I've gone at least seven minutes past what I wanted to do. You know, I've just never been able to help anyone who was not honest with me about their struggles. The people I have mentioned that by name this morning were all brought to a place where they were willing to be honest because of some dramatic failure that they experienced in their life and they were wanting help. Being honest is the first step toward humility. So be honest. Be honest this morning. Is it a constant struggle to read your Bible consistently where eternal realities are found? Be honest. Is it a struggle? Is it something you got to go, oh, I've got to read my Bible today. Well then, you know why you feel that way? Because you don't believe the truth you were raised with Christ. You don't believe it. You're judging yourself the wrong way. You've got the wrong perception of yourself. That's why it's such a struggle. Is it a constant struggle to consistently spend time alone with God in prayer for the eternal kingdom of God to come upon the earth? Is it a constant struggle to continuously spend time worshiping the eternal God when no one else is watching? Is it a constant struggle to consistently spend time together with the eternal church of God, seeking the eternal things of God? Is it a constant struggle to defeat some besetting sin in your life? If you are struggling like that with all of these things, if the answer is yes, well, maybe it is true that you've never been born again. That is one possibility. But today, the Spirit of God has awakened you. You know that you're dead in your sins and that you need Christ to save you. What you need to do today is come to Christ in faith that he will save you and he will raise you up with him. That's what you need to do. And then after you do that, you need to go up and be baptized in water because that's exactly what that means. When you go under the water, it's a sign that you were dead in your transgressions and sins. That's who you were when you come up out of the water. It's a sign you were raised with Christ. Some of you missed that in your baptism. You just did it because it was a ritual to do. You didn't understand that it was a proclamation that you were raised with Christ the moment that you believed in him. Some of you need to receive Jesus. You've never done it. You missed it somehow. I don't know how. That's between you and the Lord. You'll have to figure that out. But you need to come to Christ today. For some of you, your answer is yes, you still have all these struggles that I mentioned, but... You've never understood what it means to be raised with Christ until today. I'm hoping that's what happens. Perhaps you've been deceived by some false doctrines about sanctification that were taught at whatever church you went to. Well, today it's, it's the day to put off, put off all of those false teachings about sanctification and accept the truth that's right there in the Word of God. It all begins with you believing the truth you were raised with Christ. That's where it begins. Christ's death made it possible. But if you want to be sanctified and walk in sanctification in your life and experience the life of Christ, you've got to believe that truth. For some, 
You've been raised with Christ, but you've never accepted by faith that this eternal reality applies to you personally. And that's not going to change anything in your life until you believe it applies to you personally. One of the devil's most effective schemes is to deceive the people of God to believe that they are somehow an exception to the promises of the word of God. And I want you to know if you're a child of God, you're not an exception to any of his promises. They're all for you. Amen? All of them are for you. If you have believed upon the Lord Jesus Christ for forgiveness of sin, you were raised with Jesus. You just need to believe it. Beginning today. If you've been baptized in water, you need to believe that your baptism is a picture of what happened to you. You need to finally settle this once and for all. Going forward, you will not win the battle for your mind until you believe that you were raised with Christ. You can memorize a thousand verses, and it won't do you hardly any good at all. I can't say that it won't do you some good. But it's not going to be the key to victory in your life unless you believe you were raised with Christ. And that's why Paul said that at the beginning of the Colossians chapter 3. He knew that to be the truth. Let me close with this. I remember when I became a devoted OU football fan. It happened at the first OU football game that I went to. It was Saturday. It was October the 19th, 1963. I was eight years old. My dad took me to the game that day, and we got there on a train from Oakland City to Norman. And the train led us off about a half mile east of the stadium. We walked to the stadium. I'll never forget it, walking up to that stadium. It's incredible. And the game was a sellout, and back then, they could only seat 61,000 people, and they were 61,000 lunatic Sooner fans in the stands. And I remember we sat on the west side of the stadium, and my dad got us good seats. They were probably about $10 a piece back then. They were on the 40-yard line on the west side of the stadium. I remember being there, watching the players warm up. I remember the old OU band lining up on the north end of the field. I remember the OU fight song being played as the band marched onto the field. I remember the national anthem being played. I remember the state of Oklahoma song being played. And to this day, if I attend a game, my eyes still tear up when the band begins to play. The game that day was against Kansas. And you know this was a long time ago. Kansas was really good. <laughs> Kansas had a running back by the name of Gale Sayers. And he was an all-American running back who's one of the greatest players to ever play the football game. OU won that day. It was a hard-fought battle, but we won 21 to 18. And I can tell you that it was that day that I became a devoted fan of OU football at the age of eight years old. I left the stadium that day, sooner born and sooner bred, and when I die, I'll be sooner dead. I mean, that day, literally, think about it, it changed the course of my life. I mean, how many hours since that day have I spent watching an OU football game? A Cowboy fan would say that. I mean, it literally, that one experience changed my life. You know, since that experience that day in 1963, no one has had to persuade me to be a loyal fan of Sooner football. You know, nobody's had to come up and say, hey, you need to be more loyal to Sooner football. 
No one's had to tell me to think about OU football or watch OU football when a game was on TV. No one's had to tell me to learn all the players' names every year. No one's had to tell me to go in, out in my backyard when I was eight years old and play this imaginary football game where I always scored the winning touchdown for OU. No one had to tell me to do that. It was in me. It was in my flesh. Now, the truth is this. If I was born in Ohio and I would have gone to Ohio State game, same thing would happen there, and to this day I would be an Ohio State fan. Because, you see, I'm dealing with my flesh. I thought about saying that about Texas, but I'm not, I'm not sure that's true. <laughs> but I know that's true about Ohio State. Or Georgia or Alabama. If I'd been raised there and gotten done the same thing, that's where I'd be this day in my flesh. Now listen to me. If a worldly experience can make such a great impact on who we are in our flesh, how much more should the eternal reality that you were raised with Christ change your perception of who you are? The truth is, it will dramatically change you if you believe that it has happened to you. You were raised with Christ. Pray with me this morning. If you've not been raised with Christ, you need to be raised with Him this morning. It's a simple invitation this morning. I want you to get up from where you're seated. I want you to come to this altar. If you have not been raised with Christ, if you have not been saved, I want you to come to this altar. One of our elders, one of our leaders is going to come to you, and then they're going to pray with you, and then you need to be baptized in water. And you need to declare by faith that you're raised with Christ. Will you do that this morning? That's part of this invitation. Here's another part of this invitation. If you know that you have been raised with Christ, you have received Jesus as your personal Savior, but you really haven't believed it's true of you, you know what you need to do? You need to profess today that you believe it's true. You need to drive a stake in the ground. Once and for all, you need to put this to rest. That's what you need to do. Will you do it? And if you want to drive a stake in the ground, this altar is open for you as well. You can come kneel here at the altar if you need to. I've preached this sermon I don't know how many times in this church. There's been times where people have come to me and say, you know, I need to be baptized again. I said, why do you need to be baptized again? I said, well, I know that I was baptized after I received Christ, but I didn't know what baptism meant, and I want to use that to drive the stake in. I need to do something to drive the stake in. I think that would honor God if I would do that. I want you to know if you need to do that, we will help you do that. I think God would be honored by that, for you to declare your faith that you were raised with Christ through the waters of baptism. That would be great. Let's stand together. Let's stand together. Father, I pray right now that you would pour out your spirit upon this place, that those who need to be saved would be saved today, that those who are saved would believe they are saved, that they would believe today that they're raised with you, Jesus. Let it be done. Let it be done. Let's sing together. You come.
You come to the altar and do business with God this morning. Would you come?